like to ask you to turn to Romans chapter 12 as our scripture lesson for the morning. We're doing something unusual today, and I hope you'll give an unusual attention to it. That is, the first verse of Romans chapter 12 is the subject of the morning message. And then this evening, we'll be looking at the second verse, which is a very important part of the whole teaching here. There's too much for one message. And so I'd ask you to return at the 7 o'clock service that we could dig deeply into that second verse and encompass this whole circle of truth which God has for us. I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that you may prove what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I bid everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment each according to the measure of faith which God has assigned him. For as in one body we have many members, and all the members do not have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them if prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, he who teaches in his teaching, he who exhorts in his exhortation, he who contributes in liberality, he who gives aid with zeal, he who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Oh, the depth of the wisdom and knowledge of God. His ways are past finding out. Have you ever wondered why the altars of the world have no sacrifices on them? The Jews don't burn any sacrifices in Jerusalem. Nowhere that I know of are sacrifices being offered to God. God has cleared them all away to make room for the one sacrifice he desires. And that sacrifice is described here in Romans 12.1. I appeal to you, brethren, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. God wants the dedicated bodies of his people as the sacrifice of his praise. So we don't look outside ourselves this morning for some gift to bring to God, something to sacrifice to his name. God wants 
ourselves. That's what this verse means. Now the Lord doesn't make such a dramatic and radical request without laying a base for it. And here it is, the mercies of God. For 11 chapters, the Apostle Paul has been outlining these mercies and showing the comprehensive scope of them. The free grace of God in the forgiveness of sins. The love of Christ shown to us. The life of the Spirit in which the Christian begins to walk. All the mercies of God, all his compassions and his tender, loving-kindness are all summed up in these first 11 chapters of the book of Romans. Mercies. Oh, to grace, how great a debtor. Daily I'm constrained to be. Let that grace now, like a fetter, bind my wandering heart to thee. All these mercies are focused in the self-giving of our Lord Jesus Christ. Throughout his days, he gave up himself, and at the end, he laid down his life. If God spared not his own son, but freely gave him to us all, shall he not with him freely give us all things? In this is love that God commends his love to us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. All the mercies of God are funneled into this one action. They are summarized and focused in our Lord's dying for us. And then as if that were not compressed enough, here at the communion there is one short sentence to say it all. Jesus said, This is my body broken for you. He didn't say at the communion table, I love you. He does. That's implied. But he wants to say it with sinew and bone and blood. This is my body broken for you. My love is not just sentimental and inward. It results in muscle, in action. This is my body broken for you. What a great example. What a foundation God is laying for this unusual, dramatic request of a living sacrifice on our part. The Lord Jesus said an amazing thing in his days on earth. He said, Greater love has no man than this, that a man should lay down his life for his friends. Then he went on to say, You are my friend. He meant by that that he was going to show his great love for his disciples by giving his body for them. And he looked in return for them to give up their bodies for him. You are my friends. I want you to have the kind of love that I have. You see, God catches us both ways. On the one hand, there's a, a tremendous gratitude that he has been so merciful and provided such a gracious way of salvation. And on the other is the, the wondrous 
example of Christ, which we are to follow, that he has himself given his own body, not holding back anything, both gratitude and imitation, say to us that as Christian people, we are commanded, young and old, men and women, young man, young woman, every one of us, to make this living sacrifice to God. Well, now, what is the action that God wants? It's described here so clearly and beautifully. He says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. Present your bodies. Now, what does that mean, your body? The body, in this Greek word that is used here for the body, means the organ of all your activity, the expression of everything you think and do, everything you are. Your body is not something you have or own, but the body is you. It's the sum total of the impressions you receive and the tendencies you possess and the energies which you store up and dispense in the world. Your body is the complete picture of you as a person. And that's what God wants. Not just skin and sinew, but he wants memory and imagination and emotion and desire. Everything that comprises you is summarized in this word body. Because if you give your body to God, you're giving your entire life. For all that you are has to be expressed and felt and done through that body. And God says, present your body to me. You say, haven't I done that? I'm a Christian. I stood here at the front of the church, professed my faith in Christ, and I embraced him as my Savior. Haven't I given my body? Maybe not. Many Christians have reserved their bodies for themselves with their mind, and in some inward spiritual way, they have a love for Christ. But their body is theirs, my body for me. I will strengthen it, I will care for it, I will beautify it, I will indulge it, I will use it as I want to use it. It's mine. And that's why God says here to Christian people, present your body. What does it mean? It's a military word. It means hand it over put it at the disposal of the commanding officer. It means who's going to give the final orders for this body of mine? Am I going to be the last decider of how this body is used or not? And so the Holy Spirit is saying to Christian people, give your bodies to God. It's a voluntary action 
It's a decision. It's a dedication of the body in which we say, my body for thee. Not any longer mine, but it's thine. This is godliness. Godliness is not just feeling nice emotions. It is surrendering the body to Christ so that you are no longer in charge. And it's the obedience to the word of the apostle, glorify God in your body so that now the body can be used in worship. The body can be used in your daily calling, whatever your particular niche in life is, you attack it with your body in the name of Christ. And if you're called on to suffer physically for Christ, you're ready because the body's already been given to God. Did you ever see the Moravian seal? There stands an ox. On one side of the ox is a yoke, ready for plowing. On the other is an altar, ready for slaying. And underneath it says, ready for either. And that's a picture of the Christian. My body, not for me, not for others, directly. My body for thee. Think of what a purity would come in the life of every young woman, every boy in this congregation today, if he made that decision voluntarily in his own heart, my body belongs to God. Think what would happen to a middle-aged man whose life is routine and dull, whose Christian service goes nowhere, who suddenly realized that God wanted all his powers and who gave himself body and soul to Christ, my body for thee. There's exhilaration. There's inspiration. The body has new energy, is refreshed because it is indwelt in a new way by the power of the Holy Spirit my body for thee. Notice that it is called here a living sacrifice. What does that mean, a living sacrifice? Well, we remember that we're dealing here with the book of Romans, and if you go back to chapter 6 and verse 13, you'll see something. That we have been made alive those who have been made alive in Christ are the ones who are to yield their bodies to righteousness as instruments of righteousness. So when he says a living sacrifice, what Paul is saying is, the Holy Spirit raised you from the dead. You were dead in sin and trespasses. The Holy Spirit made you alive so that you could be a living sacrifice. So, you can't, after all, recruit a dead man into an army. You recruit living people. And these are the only people God recruits to be instruments of his will. Those whom he has made alive 
he brings into the ranks of his army to be a living sacrifice. That's why you've been made alive. Not simply to feel nice thoughts or to ask theological questions in a speculative way. You've been made alive to become a living offering to God. I suppose the most tragic omission in a non-believer's life is this. He cannot be used by God in any vital way. God uses unbelievers in, in a mechanical way. He uses them for his purpose and his glory. But no unbeliever can ever experience what it's like to have Almighty God use you as a living sacrifice because your body is in his hands to do with as he will. Now the great vision of the Apostle Paul was that the Gentiles would be living sacrifices to God. Later in Romans chapter 15 and verse 16, he said, this is my prayer, that the Gentiles would all be living sacrifices. So we're not talking about uh, a little exception here and there, a super Christian here or there, a few in a congregation who are consecrated to Christ. The will of God is that every Christian Every teenage boy, every middle-aged woman, all of us present our bodies unto God as living sacrifices in a voluntary decision. You'll need to renew it. There will be times that you stumble. You'll need to rededicate that body many, many times. But there comes a point in the believer's life when suddenly the Spirit makes this passage live and he says, my body for thee. From now on, I don't own it anymore. I belong to Christ. God wants us to do that. And you know the greatest condescension of God is that he takes us. Think of it. The immortal, eternal God who doesn't need my feeble service or these broken bodies of ours. He doesn't need these things to do his will. But he stoops low enough to accomplish his plans and purposes through us. That's how he works in the world, through the dedicated bodies of his people who are at his disposal. Because what God takes, he cleanses. Your body will need cleansing. When you put it in his hands today, ask him to purify it. Take all the stains of passion and sin and ugliness and selfishness and greed. Take all that. Cleanse it all away, God. Please, God. What he takes, he cleanses. And what he cleanses, he fills. Please, God, a fresh measure of the Holy Spirit. And what he fills, he uses. Use me, Lord, in your service. Now, the Bible calls this here a most logical or reasonable step. 
This is your spiritual worship. The word is logical or reasonable service, your worship. The point is that this is not a sentimental or fanatical dedication I'm talking about. But I'm saying to you that God has told us that since he made the body and the body belongs to him, the Lord for the body and the body for the Lord, we read in Scripture. Amazing that it should say the Lord for the body. It shows that there is a communion, a, an intimate friendship between the body and the God who made it. He made it by himself and for himself. It is his body. And so that when a man or a woman takes this body and places it again in the hands of God, he has done a most reasonable thing. He has put that body back where it belongs, at the disposal of its maker. In fact, if you're hanging on to your body, my body for me, you're out of your element, and things are going wrong for you. Did you ever see an eagle locked up in a cage? It's a tragedy. He's out of his element. He should be soaring. A fish washed up on the beach? He's out of his element. A Christian in control of his own body, making final decisions about his body himself. He's out of his element. The body belongs to the Lord. Glorify God in your body, the Lord for the body and the body for the Lord. This is true worship. Somehow we've gotten the idea that worship is just inner, mental, maybe even sentimental feelings. Here it says that worship is so putting your body in the hand of God that it gets harnessed in his service. Worship is, is bone and flesh being applied to the problems of, of life around you in the name of God. That's your spiritual worship. Imagine that. That's what God wants from us. Oh, all kinds of things will keep you from giving your body to God today. Some of us are afraid. Why, if I gave my body to God, he might make me a missionary. Now, that'd be terrible. Or he might make me strange and fanatical. I think I better just keep my cool and go on. After all, things are getting along pretty well. You're self-sufficient. But you know, God is the author of your body. You can trust him with it. During the Second World War, the, the British dropped leaflets over France. And they said, when you get this leaflet, you will have a chance to surrender. Just hold your, your leaflet up. Hold up the promise and we will treat you kindly and return you to your homes. Just hold up the leaflet. Surrender with the leaflet, with the promise. And that's what God says to his people. 
I'm not going to do anything unusual or strange with you. When you give your body to me, you're coming home because I made it. I will make your body strong and beautiful and vital and dynamic. I will use it in my service. I'll make it an instrument of righteousness. Even some Christians' bodies are being used by Satan in accusation, in gossip, in sowing discord, because they're not thinking of their bodies as instruments of righteousness. Give your body to God. Some are lazy. Oh, that would take too much work. But the Holy Spirit will help you. Turn your body over to him. He purchased it. He conquered it. Now surrender it to him and say, Lord, my body for thee. At the table of Christ, when he's about to give us his body, what could be a better answer when he says, this is my body, for us to say to him, Lord, I belong to thee, body and soul, forever. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we confess that while our spirits have been united to Christ by faith, too often we have kept our bodies as our own possession, and we've not given them over to the Lord to be his instrument. But we do so in faith that thou wilt accept these bodies and fill them and cleanse them and use them in thy mighty and gracious service. As a people, Lord, we are a body, and we present this body to thee, that Wallace Memorial may be cleansed and filled and used by the Holy Spirit, In Jesus' name we ask.